The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. No computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the great robot wars. Anteater Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UCI Conversations, a weekly public affairs program dedicated to exploring everything in the land of blue and gold with interviews of UCI leaders, innovators, and last but not least, zot, 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 everyday anteaters. Hello, everybody. This is UCI Conversations. I'm your host, Kevin Bostenmeyer. And my guest today is UCI decathlete Josh Farmer, who has recently returned from the NCAA Division I Track and Field Championships, which were held June 9th through the 12th in Eugene, Oregon. Welcome to UCI Conversations, Josh Farmer. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. It's, it's great to have you. Let's just start from the beginning. Where did you grow up and what did you like to do when you were a kid? So I, I grew up... And for most most of my life, I grew up in Marietta and moved to San Diego when I was uh, 10. So most most of what, what I remember would be in uh, North County, San Diego, okay. Rancho Bernardo, where I went to high school. I always played basketball growing up. I kind of mixed around playing everything, but basketball is the one that really stuck the most. And kind of transitioned into, into track. I picked it up my freshman year, but didn't start getting really serious about it until probably around my junior year. And oh, even even in, in high school you started um, – because typically high schools don't have decathlons, do they? Uh, no, they don't. They do it at some meets. It's just like really big meets, like Arcadia, which uh, is a really big meet here down in Southern California for high schoolers. They have it, and then like a couple other national-level meets, a lot more off-season. It's but they wouldn't have a, a decathlon at, say, like every meet. You know, it's not like a normal thing, really, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So did you actually compete in a few decathlons in high school, or was it just specific events? Yeah, so I started doing the decathlon my sophomore year of high school. My dad was a decathlete at UCI, so he kind of nudged me into doing it, and I just fell in love with it immediately. started doing the decathlon my sophomore year of high school and started getting more serious about it my junior year and senior year. By my senior year, I kind of figured out I could be pretty good at it. Did you have a strong area in certain events? At the time, when I started first doing it, I was more into to jumping, like high jumping, long jumping. Uh, I was a real skinny kid. Uh, like I was probably, I don't know, 140 pounds, probably about mm-hmm. 6 foot, 140 pounds when I started doing it. So I had a lot to, a lot of weight to put on. Before I could get any better at anything else, so jumping came naturally first. 
Gotcha. Did you always know you would go to college and compete in decathlons? Was that you know? Did you always have that to look forward to, or did you know? It's not something that I necessarily was like always thinking I was going to do. My dad had always kind of like put it into my subconscious. You could say like he's like, oh, you know, this, do this and that, and you can go here and do this and blah blah blah. My dad was always my little uh, recruiter for me. So he, <laughs> So he was always telling me, like, you know, you, you know, you can go here and do this. But it, it kind of slowly became more, like, more real over, uh, you know, the two years that followed when I started getting more serious about it and then started to talk to more coaches. And, then you know, it started hitting me like, oh, man, I can go to, like, I can do whatever I want with this yeah. athletic stuff. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, very good. Now, initially, you went to Colorado University, is that right? Uh, yeah, I went to University of Colorado Boulder for my freshman year. Did you always know that you would come to UCI, or what, what was that all about that whole time? Um, so, I liked Colorado. It just wasn't my place, if that makes mm. sense. It's just like I never found exactly what I was looking for, and it was so far away from home. And mm-hmm. I figured, you know, I'm from North County, San Diego, and, you know, UCI had always been a place that I had always been around growing up because my dad had gone to UCI, so I'd always been around the track team for my entire life growing up. So it was like when I decided to transfer, it's just like UCI was the obvious choice. Yeah. Will this be your senior year that you're coming up on, or not yet? It's all, it's all tricky now because of COVID. So I'm going uh, into my fourth year of undergrad, my third year at UCI. It would be my third year of eligibility for NCAA. And my plan as of now is to stay at UCI and get a, a master's and probably redshirt the following year and compete in that sixth year. Oh, So I still have a lot of time. Yeah, great. So is the decathlon always divided into two days of events, and are the events always in the same order? Yeah, it's uh, two days, five events each. Um, You want me just to kind of like – give you like an intro of like just read you the list yeah you know we'd love to hear it and if you can just you know give us a little bit like you know how much does the you know discus weigh or you know how big is that circle for the the shot put just a little bit so we can kind of get a picture that would be great yeah i can do that so first day is you know they're both five events two days back-to-back days first day you start with the 100 meters, which I'm sure most people are familiar with. Then you go on to the long jump. And, and the, the 100 meters is, is that's about a, a long football field, like kind of including the the touchdown area. Is that is that right? Yeah, you could you could count it as about 110 yards if you want to do a rough uh, oh, okay. translation. <laughs> yeah, okay. roughly about 110 yards. So okay. Yeah, about a football field, and okay. then. Second event is the the long jump. It's a yeah. uh, you know, running start, landing into a sand pit. Measure the distance between from where you jump 
off of a board. And then third event is the shot put, which would be a the 16-pound, you can imagine it almost like a, a hand-sized cannonball. <laughs> yeah. You know, is that like a weightlifting thing that you're constantly working on, or is it more finesse than that? Uh, you definitely need strength in order to, to throw the shot put. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, in a way, it does feel kind of like it's just a, a big weight, and you're just in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what's the final event on that first day? So the fourth event is the high jump, which is a... You know, you got you got a bar at certain heights, and for every bar that you clear, it goes up. The height goes up, and continues until you miss that bar three times in a row. You get three attempts at every height. Okay. And then the uh, the last event is the 400 meters, and the 400 is uh, just one lap around the track. Sure. Okay. Want me to go on to day two here now? Please. So day two is you start with the, the 110 hurdles, which is uh, similar to the 100 meters, but you got hurdles in the way at 42 inches, 10 hurdles evenly separated between. Got it. You know, okay. The, the race of the hurdles. And then the second event, day two, is the discus, the 2-kilogram or 4.4 pound, whichever one you know better. <laughs> little saucer, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hand-sized saucer, and then, yeah, uh, the throwing event, um, so for distance. Third event is the, the pole vault, which uh relatively difficult to explain. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> uh, you, got, you got a long pole that you stick into the ground, and it shoots you up over a... Uh, a bar that's, you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 feet in the air. Wow. And yeah. is the pole a standard size, or is there a range that the pole can be? Or? Poles are typically anywhere between 13 to 17 feet, depending on how fast you can run, how well you can plant that pole. You know, anything that can safely get you in without shooting you backwards Mhm. Do you have a standard length that you use all the time? Typical pole for me is like a 16 foot pole. Uh, and that's yeah. just your that's your sweet spot, like because like you know if you're trying to get as high as you can on the pole vault, it seems like well, well you want to have the longest pole, but then is there a lot of factors? You know, you know how come you don't use a longer pole? So you need the speed to carry you through. So mm. you can imagine, you know, if you're holding a 20-foot pole and you're trying to get yourself on the other side by planting a pole, you can't just walk in and expect it to shoot yeah. you all, all the way on the other side. Like, right. But you can, if you have, say, a two-foot pole, it can it can send you to the other side if you just walk into it. So it's mm. like imagine that concept on a much bigger scale of vaulting high. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, and then what's a, the next event after that? Right. Gotcha. And then what's the next event after that? And the following event is the javelin. The javelin is a two-pound spear that you throw for distance. And how long it. is the spear? It's a little, 
Um, gosh, I don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> we get. Uh, I would say is it, is, somewhere around is eight, it, eight feet. I think you're right. Make a rough guess. <laughs> I did a little <laughs> homework before we talked today. It's about eight feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't. I don't want to be wrong. Somebody's gonna be like, "How do you not know that?" <laughs> like, yeah, no problem. And then, what about the final event? The final event is the fifteen hundred, also known as the the metric mile. You know, a mile, 100 meters less than a mile, basically. You know, hang yep. on for just a second, Josh, while I update our audience. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to UCI Conversations. I'm your host, Kevin Bostemeyer, and my guest today is UCI track and field decathlete Josh Farmer, who's giving us a tour of what many believe to be the world's greatest athletic events. And we just went through each event, and now I was – hoping that we could go back through it and just ask Josh what his personal feelings are about each of these events. So, you know, Josh, the first event you said, the 100-meter run is about a football field in length. Is that any, have any, you know, particular challenges for you? Or it's like, no, that's one of your easier events. You know, how is that? It's the first event of, of the competition. Do you have a, a mental sense of how you approach it? Um. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's just your true speed. Mm. There's not too much that you can really control. It's a matter mm. of, you know, what you've been doing up until mm-hmm. that point. It's not like, you know, you're going to go out there and, and break the world record because you can will yourself to doing that. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's yeah. one, of those, one of those things where it's like, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, there are certain things that you got to use. You still have to be mentally prepared and you have to be well aware you got to be excited enough to get you know in the zone that makes sense to Mm -hmm. uh to still run at your best abilities it's one of my favorite events it's one that i typically do well in relative to other decathletes when you have nine more events coming up at any point along the way are you saying okay well i gotta you know i gotta keep a little in reserve because I got, you know, four more events or, you know, you know what I mean? Or is it like, no, you're just going for it in every event for whatever you're doing. You know, how is that? So, yeah, there's, there's 10 events and you do have to, in a way, kind of space it out. You know, if you, uh, for example, say you get like a really good long jump on your first jump, but you have three attempts at it. Well, you don't necessarily need to take all three if you're mm. fine with, you know, where you're at, maybe you want to conserve that energy going mm. into, you know, the next event. For the most part, in the decathlon, you just got to you just gotta stay energized and you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you just have to be ready for whatever comes. You can't tell yourself, oh, if I do this, then I can, you know, get away with not having to do this. Like, you just have to be prepared for everything. Gotcha. And then how soon after your first event, those 100 meters, how soon is the long jump after that? So you get a 30-minute break in between each event, and then obviously a a night's sleep in between the fifth event and the sixth event. For the long jump being the second event, is there a fatigue factor at all? Or, no, you've been training, you know what this is all about, or, like, you know what I mean? It's... I mean, if I do 
100 meters <laughs> in 30 minutes, I'm going to still know it. I'll still be resting on the on the bench. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's absolutely a, a fatigue factor. And that it comes into play with exactly how they design the decathlon, which is pretty, pretty awful if you ask most decathletes where you have to do nine events and then you have to get on the line and run a mile. And these are already, these are not... <laughs> These are decathletes. They're not small people. These guys are preparing to throw, so they're all these are top-heavy guys running the mile after they did nine events. Like that's just it's never fun for anybody. That fatigue factor yeah. playing in as well. Gotcha. So, is the long jump? Do you feel like it's one of your better events? Where does that lie in your arsenal? Long jump is probably, I would say, one of more of my strong suits, relatively speaking. It can be a love-hate relationship, <laughs> but it is what it is. What's in your wheelhouse, the good jump for you? My personal best is 23 feet, 11 inches. A pretty average day is probably around 23 feet. So, like, at Nationals, I jump, I believe, 22.8 or 22.9, somewhere in that range. And that was kind of more of a, a safe jump because I, I fouled my first two jumps at Nationals. I had to get A mark because getting no mark would uh, devastate my entire decathlon. Mm-hmm. And you said your personal best is 23 feet, 11 inches. How about for the 100-meter run, what's your personal best? My personal best in the 100 is 10.66. And then the next event after the long jump is the shot put. Are you in a uh, concrete circle that you have to stay in bounds? Do I have that right? Yes, you got it right. So there's footwork. Can you take us through you know, what's involved, actually, with a successful shot put? Yeah, so the way that, that throwers, and like a shot putter and a decathlete would throw is, is typically different, at least huh. the way that I throw compared to uh, other shot putters on our team. So the way that I typically throw a shot put is I'll do a, a glide, which is basically a, a, basically a kick from the back to the front, just a straight, mm. a linear kick from the back to the front, just to basically get as much speed going towards the front of the ring from the back. Gotcha. And the way you'll see, uh, you know, most professionals or, or most throwers in general is they'll do a, a spin, which would be a basically turn around one leg, land, and turn around the other leg to land in a... Uh, Basically, you face the back side and end up facing the front side doing this motion. Gotcha. And, and what's a good shot put distance for you? Typically, a good shot put, my PR is uh, 13.81 meters, which I believe is about 45 feet 5 inches. Okay. It could be off by maybe about a half inch here or there. Yeah. Can you feel it? Do you know it's like, oh, that just was my personal best? Or, you know, are you, are you sometimes surprised? Like, wow, that went farther than I thought it was going to go. I don't know. Is it like that? Oh, it's yeah, it's absolutely like that. Where you, you can definitely feel the ones where you get, like, a good, a solid punch into the ball where you feel like you just connected that ball to go out versus, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like it just falls out of your hand and it's just, like, rolled. Uh -huh. you didn't know immediately 
there are definitely ones that will surprise. Well, you'll be like, oh, wow, that was actually not bad considering everything that just happened. But, yeah. I mean, for the most part, you know yeah. when there's a good one, when there's a bad one. Okay. And then the fourth event on the first day is the high jump. There's, like, multiple ways of doing a high jump, right? How, how do you do it? The, the high jump is pretty much nowadays become pretty universal in doing what is called the the Fosbury flop, which is basically a, a where you jump and you arch your back over the bar and you will land on your back or your neck back area. But yeah, you're basically arching your back over. That's pretty much you you won't see at pretty much any meet. You at least at the collegiate level you'll basically see everybody doing a Fosbury flop. Mm. Interesting. Okay. And what's your height? My personal best is six feet, six inches. It's been a while since I've jumped that. I was actually back in high school. It's been, it's been relatively a struggle, and I should be back in that range here hopefully soon, hopefully jumping higher than that. But, yeah, but yeah recently I had more in that, like, six three, six four range. So hopefully gotcha. it'll come back. Very good. And then the final event for the first day is at the 400 meters, did you say? Yeah, the the 400 meters. Okay. And that's one lap, typically, of a standard track? Uh, Yes. So at that point, are you typically, is it, yeah, it's been a long day, or are you feeling it at that point, or is it like, you know, bring it on, let's go for it? It's both. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Where it's uh, four events, will, it will take it out of you, especially if it's a hot day or, you know, I mean, just anything, really. You do any anything, you know, physical four times and then have to go run a, a quarter mile at your fastest speed. Like, it's, uh, it's never going to be as good as if you just were to do just that. But at the same time, so you got to have a, a mindset where it's like, you know, this is it for the day, and then I get to go, get to go home and rest. So I'm, I got to put it all out here. Well, very good. Hang on for just a second, Josh. It, it seems like we're just burning through the time here. I just want to update for anybody that joined us late. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, the UCI Conversation Show, and my guest today is UCI Track and Field decathlete Josh Farmer. And we're learning all about competing in this mesmerizing series of events called the Decathlon. And right now, we're looking at the second day of competition in the Decathlon for Josh. What's your first event on the second day? And and actually, before we get to that, so, you know, the night, you know, you've you've had one day of events. Is it just a matter of, you know, are you relaxing? Are you reflecting? Is it just a matter of think about anything but competition? What is that like? So, yeah, the night before is it's all about recovery because you got to go into day one at 100%, and you're not going to go into day two at 100%, but you want to be, you know, as close to that as possible. So, you know, after day one, it's hop in the ice bath, get as much sleep as you possibly can. There's really no time to reflect and you know you know, if there is time to reflect it's just, you know, look back at what what you did right and, you know, carry that momentum into that next day. You know, don't look back at anything that was that was bad because there's no point in carrying that through to the next day. 
Gotcha. Now, typically, will you feel sore that next day or, or not? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's, uh, there's never never a decathlon that I've ever done where you don't enter that second day feeling like, God, can't wait for this to be over because, man, I'm sore and tomorrow's going to be even worse. Yeah. It's just incredible. You're trying to do your best in all these events. And it's very interesting to to hear, you know, your perspective of somebody who actually does this. And the first event on that second day is, is no easy thing to do. Running a basically a football field over ten hurdles. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Does that always go the way you planned, or does sometimes that hurdle get in your way? <laughs> um. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's always certainly a challenge because you come back that second day sore and with soreness comes inflexibility and you know when you're talking 42 inch hurdles and inflexibility it's not the best combo that's always certainly a challenge and I mean it got the best of me at nationals I actually did hit I hit the 10th hurdle and took a, a small dive but I was at least able to get up and finish the race when you say the nationals was this in Eugene Oregon Recently? Yeah, Eugene, Oregon. And when you say, like, did you actually, did you fall or did you just kind of stumble a little bit or, or what? Uh, I, took a, I took a little roll forward. <laughs> uh, I still have a little scar on my on my hip from the fall that I took. So, but, yeah, just, I, still, you, I still was able to get through the line. It, it cost, me, cost me a couple seconds, like about two seconds on that race, which really hurt my my uh, overall score. But yeah, so you actually, you, you kind of went down in your butt, but you were able to recover in within a few seconds? Yeah, I kind of kind of rolled off, you know, yeah. kind of rolled forward and, you know, just kind of got up and made it through the line because it was the last awesome. hurdle at least, you know. You're going to fall right. on the last hurdle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, and this happens, I mean, can I say it happens all the time? I mean, this is just part of doing a decathlon. Things happen. Would you frame it like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I could actually I could give you a, a good example of what a decathlon is and how hard it is just to get through. At Nationals, we had 24 guys entered, and I believe only 17 or 18 of them finished. Wow. Yeah. So it is a real challenge just to even finish. Now, what happens to them? I mean, do they get injured or, or you know, uh, I'm I'm really surprised that so many people drop out. Is, is it injury or, or what? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of things can go wrong in a decathlon or you can, you know, have anything. You, you go through any event, really. You could have a false start. You could have three fouls and a long jump, which means you have no mark, which mm. would completely ruin your entire decathlon. You know, you could have three fouls in the shot foot. You could have a no height in the high jump. You know, you don't clear a bar, so your your height is technically zero feet that you cleared. You could fall in the hurdles, like I just said. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then on, on top of that, you have injury, which is always a huge factor. You'll it's just it's 
cap on without some little thing here and there. It's just a matter of how you manage it. And, you know, some people are, you know, just like it's too much. Mm-hmm. So now the second day, the second event is the discus. How do you approach that? Are you, do you enjoy it? Is it a, a mental strain? How do you approach it? It's, you know, it's, uh, again, like, you know, you have to go into each event just, you know, feeling, you know, it is what it is, and you got to just do what's best and, like, you know, know what you're capable of and, you know, not necessarily trying to, you know, break a world record in every single event. You know, you're just trying to do what, you know, what you're physically best capable of. And mm-hmm. the, the discus is one of those that it's uh, still working on coming around for me. I, I just go in with the mentality of like, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, do what's best for me, you know, trying to go out there and get a personal best more than anything. Do you do that in a circular kind of motion or is that a, a different approach? So that one, if you remember me telling you about the uh, shot putters, how they do that. The, uh, right. They wrap their legs twice around each other to get the, with the momentum going forward. Mm-hmm. That same idea but with a uh, a discus all the way reaching outward rather than a, a shot put tucked up into your neck. It's uh, uh-huh. not the only difference. Oh, so with the discus, you'll do that more of a, you're kind of doing that turning motion and then releasing it outward. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to basically a, a spin. You know, imagine like a, you're spinning but also trying yeah. to, to move your spin forward to move, basically gather as much momentum into that discus so that way it wraps around in that circle and releases yeah. high and forward. Yeah, gotcha. And what's your distance in the discus? Personal best, I believe, is 39 meters, about 130 feet. 130, yeah, okay. roughly about 130 okay. feet. Okay, good. And now the pole vault, the, the, that, I think anybody that's never pole vaulted just looks at it in awe, like, how do they do that? It sounds like you've been doing it since high school. Is that true? Oh, yeah. And I, I used to be that kid. I used to be the one that was like, I can't do this. Like, that. that is the one thing that actually – it was the one thing that actually held me back from, from starting – earlier in the decathlon because like I said my dad wanted me like my dad was a decathlete so I obviously had had known what a decathlon was and I was intrigued by it but it was the the pole vault was that one thing that I was like I kind of want to do that that looks scary yeah yeah right eventually though you know I had to had to grow up and face that fear because you know it was uh it's actually come around to become relatively more of a strong suit for me in the oh. recently so that's great that's great and, and yeah. what, what's your what, what's your um you know your height in that uh my personal best is uh 15 feet and one inch great and uh boy you know if i was going to say one aspect i mean there's a lot of aspects but like planting that pole in that box is it just 
hand-eye coordination? Is, is it intuitive yet for you, or is it like, how do you do that? It's all confidence. <laughs> you have It's all confidence, trust that that pole is going to take you there safely. And, you know, that confidence comes with just repetition. You know, you just mm-hmm. the more times you do it, the more you, you feel like, oh, like I'm not going to, you know, get set back to the ground. Like I'll land mm-hmm. safely in this pit just as long as I do everything that I was supposed to do. You know, at this point, do you plant it? You know, do you know, when you get to the collegiate level, it's like, yeah, you, every time it goes in that little box or no, everybody everybody will miss every so often. I just, what is that? Yeah, I mean, you, you will definitely uh, – the, the good thing about pole vaulting is you start to know, like, you never start pole vaulting and immediately start jumping 15 feet plus. It's all a matter of progression. You know, mm-hmm. so everybody starts low and ends up – as you get better, you start jumping higher. So, you know, that, that confidence comes with that. So usually you don't see uh, people messing up too much because they know what they can control because they've learned how to do everything correctly up until that point. But, I mean, even then you'll still see uh, – you'll, you'll see people, you know, they'll plant wrong or – something will happen, you know, they, you know, I've seen plenty of injuries come from the, uh, the pole wall alone. I've seen snapped ankles and broken shins. And yeah. There's, there's always, you know, bad things can always happen. It's just, uh, you know, it's not something you really should, uh, think about and you got to go in with yeah. the right mindset. Cause if you don't, then it will happen right. to you. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have the trust and the confidence to be able to mm-hmm. do pole vault. Sure. And then the javelin is the ninth event. At this point, are you starting to feel pretty tired? Are you still going on adrenaline? Yeah, I think uh, you're actually you're on the right idea there. Where it's a little bit of both. Where you've already done eight events, and it starts to hit you right about that point. Where it's like your body's like, come on, like. but at the at the same time it's like okay we gotta you know we gotta pick up this this uh stick here and we gotta get it as far out as possible so you gotta you gotta gotta basically refocus you know at that you know between events maybe that might be a, a small break to kind of feel uh a little more loose i guess that you're at your last event are you hungry are you just like no you know so far so good and let's go out strong as um i think if i am speaking for most new catholics i think uh when that time that the javelin ends and that 1500 is coming up you're not thinking about anything other than that 1500 because Mm -hmm. it is it is dreadful for the catholic to typically 
decathletes don't really train for the mile. They just have to get on that line and run it. And Really? Really? Yeah. Is that good because you're so focused on all those other events? This is just like blood and guts. Uh, just do it. Yeah, so the 1500, uh, if you can imagine, is almost like it's that one event that kind of stands out versus the nine. The other nine mm-hmm. are all these, like, they're so explosive and everything's crazy and happening in, you know, anywhere from three to, you know, 40 seconds. And then you have to get on this 1500 line and everything has to be slow and controlled and paced. And it's like, there's no real way to, to find ways to train for that because it just kind of takes away from everything else. So as a decathlete, you just kind of, when you get there, you get there and you just step on the line and you just, you know, it's all, it's a matter of gut. The, the, the big game of, of chicken. <laughs> wow. Well, very good. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The UCI Conversation Show. My guest today is UCI track and field decathlete Josh Farmer. We've been talking all about this amazing competition of 10 athletic events. And now he talks about his impressions of his recent performance at the USA National D1 Track and Field Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Here we go. Having just gone to the uh, the D1 Track and Field Championships just a few weeks ago, how did you feel about it? Did you feel really good? Did you feel like it went okay? How did you feel? You know, it was really exciting for me. I felt like I wasn't necessarily putting up, like, the the best meet of my life or anything, but I was still up there competing at, you know, the highest level. After the first mm-hmm. day, I believe I was in eighth place. So mm-hmm. I was looking at a, a first-team All-American position at that time, and like I had mentioned earlier, first event of the second day, clipped that, that tenth hurdle and mm. took a little dive. And that cost me quite a few points and kind of fell back into the uh you know, the seventeenth, eighteenth place position after that. I made my way up into sixteenth after that, uh, which is you know still still cool for me is a uh, Really, really exciting still just to be there and, you know, just, uh, my, uh, my second year of, uh, eligibility. So I still have two more opportunities at it and I'm really excited about that. So to get those, uh, the jitters out in a way, I guess you could say. And yeah. to, uh, get that mental preparation for the next time is, a still just a really great experience. Great. How old are you, Josh? I am 21. 21. So in a human being, in an athlete trajectory, are you primed? Do you still have a heck of a lot of potential, or are you topping out? Can you just give us a sense of that? Yeah, I still think that there's plenty of time for growth. Yeah. I hear a lot of people say that the prime range for a decathlete is now like 25 to 28 years old. Kind yeah. of range, so you know you you kind of hear that a lot. That's pretty common in most sports, especially with men. So yeah, I mean, that's give like a little that, bit of perspective. Like I've put on, I believe, fifteen pounds in the last year of just 
muscle just wow. because I've, you know, I've been growing for so long, and then now it's finally that hit that point where I'm starting to fill out. And I still think that there's a lot of time for growth, especially like just in that, just in getting bigger, stronger, faster. Cool. I believe like there's still plenty of time in there. So, Josh, I looked at the clock, and we actually have about 10 more minutes to go. So I have a few assorted questions, and I guess the first question I wanted to ask about was at the Azusa Pacific University Friends and Classic that was in early April, you won that decathlon. First of all, congratulations. You had a personal best, 7,648 points. Have you won a decathlon before? That was my first collegiate win. So yeah. the last decathlon I won before then was Arcadia back in high school. So okay. yeah, it was a big deal to you know, finally get my first collegiate win for yeah. the decathlon. Very awesome. How did it feel? It was amazing. You know, I kind of, you know, went in with the, the expectation of, you know, just trying to do, a, you know, what I could do in each event. And I came out with a about a 600-point PR, which is, in the decathlon perspective, is massive, which, you know, and part of it is due to that two-year break, which, you know, just trained hard for in between that time off. Did you say you improved your points by 600 points? Yeah, it was about a 600-point PR from my freshman year at Colorado. So, that yeah. Was, yeah, that was my first decathlon since my freshman year at Colorado. So it was a, it was wow. a huge PR for me. You know, as you're competing in your events, I know you were aware at the national where you were between day one and day two. Were you in first place at the end of day one? At nationals or Azusa? At Azusa. At Azusa. I believe I was in first. I could be wrong about that. It was, yeah. a, it was pretty tight. Pretty good group of guys. It was, it was kind yeah. of moving all around depending on each event. You know, are you aware as, as day two goes on and, you know, as each event goes by, are are you looking at that scoreboard or, or how is that? Oh, yeah, you're you're always checking in between each event mm-hmm. to see, like, you know, how that last event stacks you up against, you know, the field and, you know, where things need to be made up and just, like, what went well compared to everybody else and, you know, how the rest of it's going to shape out compared to everybody else and, yeah, you always want to know where you're at and how it's going to yeah. continue to play out. Gotcha. So when it came down to, uh, let's see, the the second to last event. Javelin. Do you remember? Are you feeling pretty good at that point? Or you're like, yeah, I got to throw it really well. <laughs> Javelin's one of those events where it's, it's event nine. So when you start to hit that point at about event nine, it's like you're starting to feel the tiredness that you should. That's been, you know, been kicking in for the last eight events. But, you know, when things are going really well, you're always able to find that adrenaline once you get back onto that runway. And that's exactly what I was able to do there. Oh, great. That's fantastic. And then the final event is the 1,500 meters? Yeah, the 1,500 metric mile. Where were you at that point? Were you comfortable or you still know I need to, to perform here? At that point... I want to say I was just about 50 points under my total score PR, which as long as I ran anything under like an eight-minute mile, I would have PR'd. So I knew coming in with a a PR of four minutes, 33 seconds, that I was uh, in good shape to to finish off really strong. 
Yeah, yeah. At that point, I was just like, you know, I got to get my mark to get me into nationals because I've done all these other nine events so well, and I just need to finish it off right. Yeah, uh, excellent. Now, I, I noticed you say PR, not PB, like would be for personal bets. What does PR stand for? Oh, it's a personal record. The, the personal same record. Idea, personal best, personal record, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. You know, out of all the events, do you have a favorite? Um, you know, it kind of kind of switches depending on, you know, depending on mm-hmm. the day. My favorite event when I'm just like at a regular meet, which is not in a decathlon, would definitely be the the 4x400, mm-hmm. the mile relay. Uh-huh. I just love the excitement that comes with it. And, yeah, if I had to pick one in the decathlon on most days, I would say it's the 400 just because I love the competitive nature of that event. The fact that you can just put it all out there for the end of day one. Very good. In terms of the track and field team, are you besides the decathlon? Are you participating in other events on the team? Yes, the decathlon is something that I do maybe two or three times every year because it's just it's so taxing on your body. So on a normal week, I'll be more doing say two or three of various events. You know, maybe one jump, one throw and one running event and that'll be about it which is more like everything's just kind of practiced you know most weekends yeah mm-hmm. on a normal weekend more doing something like running on the 4 by 4 in a relay and you know running hurdles or throwing discus and you know maybe that's just it for that just that weekend and when you say weekend will, will those be you know competitions of some type against other schools and so forth or just practicing at school yes that would just be like Regular meets where you have, you know, other schools that we're competing against. For an example, like we had a dual meet this year. It was us against Cal State Fullerton. And And they won't have a decathlon that that day? Yes. So on that day, I would do more just like, you know, two or three events. And Mm -hmm. that would be about it for me. And just kind of doing what I can do, you know, trying to, you know, do what I can put together the uh, some more personal bests and you know, set me up, put me in the right position, so that way when I'm actually doing a decathlon at a different meet, I'll be as ready as possible for that. Gotcha. Do you have a career goal of how many points? I know, you know, 7,600 is starting to get closer to 8,000. Is 8,000 a personal goal or no, no? Do you look at it like that? Most definitely. I think the the 8,000 is probably the next big thing for me at this point. I like to usually take things one step at a time. So, you know, I'm looking right now at, you know, maybe 7,800 and 7,900 the big goal to get that, you know, 8,000 and well over that. Um, I believe the school record is, and the Big West Conference record is, I want to say, about 8,007. So that's something that I want to try to take down hopefully in these next coming years. All right. I don't want to set you up against your dad, but do you happen to know what your dad's top score was? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I have to bring this up. Uh, I did uh, did take down my dad's uh, score. His personal best was 7,435. 7, so wow. I've passed him wow. up by well over 200 points now. So well, I got to believe your dad. I got to believe your dad is awfully proud. If one guy was going to beat him, I think I know who it's okay for. How about your hardest events? Um, you know, I think that every event on any day can be a, a struggle, mm-hmm. but 
On most days, I would say the ones that I have the most frustration with is probably just the, the javelin and the discus. And mm -hmm. I think that they still have the ability to come around, and I still think I have a lot of room for growth. And I think that's the reason why they're just the hardest events to me right now is because I know that I can be so much better at them, and I just need to put in the work to get better at them. Very good. How about heroes? Do you have any decathlon heroes? Yeah, I've actually met Ashton Eden a couple of years ago, and he's just a, a super great, genuine guy, two-time Olympic gold medalist, multiple-time world champion. He just seemed like a, a, a wonderful guy, and he gave me some, some good tips on things to help me succeed in the decathlon, and it's still things that I think about to this day. And Yeah, it's just uh, the thing that I look up to him the most about is just how he carries himself as just like, you know, just another regular person despite the fact that he's just this amazing athlete. That's just something that I want to, you know, always want to be humble, and that's always a, a guy that I look up to for that reason. That's great. Well, again, Josh Farmers, thank you so much for the time you spent with us. We really appreciate it. We'll be watching and just wish you all the best. I'm predicting a lot of good things for you the next couple of years. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for having me. We'll be watching – this upcoming year when does the season start season starts i believe in march maybe february depending on uh whenever our schedule comes out gotcha we'll be watching for you i hope you'll come back on the show next season thank you again to uci track and field decathlete josh farmer for this wonderful exploration of this 10 event competition that dates back to ancient greek times with two more years of collegiate competition eligibility, it will be very exciting to watch Josh progress. Two follow-up questions I had for Josh were, does he travel with his own pole vault poles, which he said he does? And also, is the decathlon point system the same as when Bruce Jenner won the Olympic gold medal back in 1976? Josh said that the point system is basically the same. The only difference is the Javelin has been slightly redesigned and reweighted to make it heavier in front, resulting in shorter distances, but not a lot. Good luck to Josh Farmer on a terrific 2022 season. And now coming up next at the top of the hour is Entrepreneur Nation with Ash Kumra, the show that is always looking to shed new light on better business methods. Stay tuned. And as always, thank you to my piano maestro, Fred Kaplan, for all my terrific theme music from his Super Blue CD signifying. You've been listening to UCI Conversations, where every week we explore another corner of the land of blue and gold with interviews of UCI leaders, innovators, and zot, 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 everyday anteaters, all on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm your host, Kevin Bostenmeyer, wishing you a pleasant good evening. Keep working hard and sharing the love. So long, everybody. We'll see you next week. Happy trails.